Thank you for downloading this sermon. We hope you've been blessed by this ministry. If you'd like to give back, please invest in the future of Clearnote Church through our capital campaign, Faithful Through All Generations. To make a donation, visit clearnotebloomington.com slash give. Hi. Happy Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, tonight, we're here to sing God's praises and um, later to eat pie. Also to listen to me. I'm kind of here to be your Thanksgiving Eve turkey. For, uh, I think Jake said I had just an hour. Jake, where are you? Tops. So that's joke. That's joke. I only have 20 minutes to be your Thanksgiving Eve turkey. Bob Kaplowitz is the one who knows how much of a turkey I really am, more than any of you. Um, we're going to talk about Psalm 85 tonight, which is a harvest psalm for a harvest holiday. It could take an hour, easy, in the wrong hands. It could take an hour in these hands, but it covers a lot of ground. We're not going to try to cover it all. Um, We're here tonight to encourage one another's faith and to fill our hearts with gratitude to God. That's what we're doing. We want to be happy in Jesus. Um, And this psalm gets into that. That's why it's going to be helpful, I hope. So tomorrow, some of you, I hope most of you in the room, get to eat turkey and stuff with people who love you, people that you love, and people who love Jesus. That will be kind of like tonight. You'll be encouraged and strengthened. Some of you, maybe you're not going to eat with people who love Jesus, but you're going to eat with people, friends or family, who you love and people who love you. And some of you are not maybe looking forward so much to eating turkey tomorrow because you're going to be with people it's hard to be with because they don't love Jesus. They don't respect your faith in God. They don't respect your convictions. They don't respect the truth. Maybe they've let you know that they scorn you for it. And if you're not going to have a Thanksgiving like that tomorrow, that's great, but you probably had one. Probably we all have. Probably we all have mixtures that are like that. So sometimes a meal like that can be an agony. You keep your head down and you you bite back what you were going to say because it wouldn't have been helpful. And you just try a little more turkey, maybe the dark meat this time. Or you just have another kind of pie. There's always too much pie. There's too much pie here tonight. There will be too much pie tomorrow. So you can keep yourself moving along through the meal, even if it feels like an eternity. Tonight is your your pre-feast feast. It's your pre-game encouragement. It's the time when you can put something in your heart to take with you to your meal so that no matter what tensions are getting passed around the table with the butter and the gravy, you can have a happy heart towards God. So let's read Psalm 85. I think it's going to be up there, but if it's not, oh, it is. Good. For the choir director, a psalm of the sons of Korah. O Lord, you showed favor to your land. You restored the captivity of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. You withdrew all your fury. You turned away from your burning anger. Restore us, O God of our salvation. And cause your indignation toward us to cease. 
Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? Will you not yourself revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your loving kindness, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will say, for he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Loving kindness and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth springs from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. Indeed, the Lord will give what is good and our land will yield its produce. Righteousness will go before him and will make his footsteps into a way. So I'm not going to spend much time on the first uh, seven verses, but a couple minutes. So you heard the psalmist praying about his people, the people of God, and you heard him praying about what? He mentions it a couple times in the psalm, the land. He's very attuned to the land, he's very attuned to the people of God, and he's very attuned to God's indignation. Some of you think a lot about politics, some of you think a lot about America, some of you, even during the holidays, you don't get it off your mind, maybe none of us do entirely, some of you are thinking of the sins of the American people. And you're wondering, what is God doing with us? And what's God going to do to us? Where do we see his anger coming now? Some of you are thinking of the sins of the American church, and you're aware of the way it's been degraded. And you're wondering, where is God's anger now? Where is it going to be? And this stuff is on your heart and it's right and proper that it should be on your heart. But the psalmist gives you a model of what to do with it, and that's to grieve over it in prayer to God. God calls you to pray for the sins that you see. He doesn't call you to turn a blind eye, even on Thanksgiving, even on Christmas or Easter, but to see what you see. These things cry out for restoration and revival. So you should pray about them. Um, let me emphasize the other side of the coin, though. You get the idea about that. Um, even if you were seeing the worst case scenario all around you, and we were living in a time that was simply 100% awful, you would still have so many things to thank God for. Your life would be full of God's blessings, and you would need to thank him. Some of you are history buffs. I'm not. I kind of aspire to be one someday. But I was reading about how Thanksgiving became instituted as a national federal holiday. Um, Jody read some of the history to us. But it didn't become a federal permanent holiday until Abraham Lincoln declared, we're going to have Thanksgiving from now on. And when did he do it? He did it in the middle of the Civil War, a time when you could look around you and you could see hell. You could see bloodshed. You could see missing family members everywhere. You couldn't see them, right? That's what you saw, is the absence of many people that you loved. You saw destroyed towns and cities. It was not a good time to be alive. President Lincoln said, the evidences of God's judgment are all around us. We are going to celebrate Thanksgiving because the evidences of God's blessings are all around us too. 
We are not going to forget God. We are not going to forget his blessings. So no matter what you're going through right now, no matter what you see around you, this is a good time to be thankful. So how is God blessing us? How is God blessing you? How has he blessed you this week? Some of you have extended family in and you're really happy to see them. Some of you have friends in, you're really happy to see. That's good. You could probably think of a lot of particular things to be thankful for when I ask you that. But let's look at what the psalm says. So verse 8. I will hear what God the Lord will say, for he will speak peace to his people, to his godly ones, but let them not turn back to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. So he sees salvation, right? He sees Jesus. He sees the gospel. He sees forgiveness from sins, but that's not all he sees. What else does he see? What in particular do we have here tonight that the psalmist also saw? He sees the godly ones. He sees the people who fear the Lord. When God answers the psalmist's prayer, which he does right here, the psalmist says, the godly ones, the people who fear the Lord. So, What you have to be thankful for tonight is each other. Let me be a little more particular. How many gifts of love, kindness, forgiveness, rebuke, admonishment have you gotten from the people that you see around you here? Even over the past year, just take a year. Some of you have been here a long time. How many gifts? How many meals have you had in each other's homes? How many people have had you over and warmed your heart, filled your belly? Because they love the Lord and they loved you. How many times have you gone to a pastor here or an elder or just your brother or sister in Christ and said, please pray for me. Please give me counsel. How many times have you gotten it? Put a price on that. How many of the the godly older women in this church, how many times do you think they've prayed for you? You know that they read the prayers you put in the church uh, offering plate, right? The ones you see in the email. They pray for you. They probably would pray for you anyway, if you know who I mean. Okay, all those hidden prayers. A lot of them you don't think about, you don't know about, and you won't know until the last day. Put a price on that. You can't put a price on that. You couldn't buy that. That's a a tremendous blessing that God has given to you. Um, Two or three years ago when I was still the janitor here, I I was responsible to keep that janitor closet over there uh, cleared of garbage. It was during a concert or a conference, I don't remember exactly what, and it had been steadily filling with garbage. I'm sure I put bags in, but I was falling down on the job of getting the garbage out to the dumpster. If you've ever poked your head in the janitor's closet, most of you have probably, you know it's a tiny closet. It doesn't smell that good in the best of circumstances, and the more garbage you put in, the more it stinks. And the longer that went on, the more likely it was that a pastor or a pastor's wife here was going to poke their head in, and they were going to wonder what in the world was going on, and they might have been a little upset with me. 
So Forrest Gafford, who I, I'm not sure if Forrest is here. Are you here, Forrest? You are here. Forrest wasn't, he's a deacon now. I don't think he was at the time. But Forrest noticed that the closet was full of garbage and that I was a little behind. And so he said, I'm going to help Ben out. So he took me aside and said, hey, Ben, let me help you out. And he explained things to me. <laughs> and that's a gift. That's a gift from Forrest Gafford. Thank you, Forrest. Forrest did that. Why? Forrest and I aren't close friends. We've been out to lunch maybe a couple times. Um, Forrest did that because he loves you. He loves God. He loves me. He put himself out a little. I mean, didn't he know that I might have resented him? I, only, I resented him just a little bit, but that I was grateful. <laughs> I was grateful. Okay, that's, so that's one instance. And if I just went over the, the number of rebukes and admonitions you receive, maybe I get a few more than you do because I'm in the pastor's college and so I'm just kind of exposed sometimes. Um, well, it would take a long time to tell you about them. There's a lot of other kindnesses. There's a lot of meals that I could tell you about. What about my former church in Tacoma that I, I lived? I lived in Tacoma for 10 years. Times without number. I was at people's houses for meals and I was shown kindness. What about when I was a little kid and I was even more unaware of the blessing that the people of God were? Well, more like completely oblivious that the church was any kind of blessing to me, even though it often was. What about that? There's too much to count. And you all have things like that. You all have too much to count. Do you think any of you, by the way, do you think any of you deserve hugs? This is a pretty huggy church. It's huggier than the church I used to be a part of. And it's great. But look, you don't deserve hugs. <laughs> you don't deserve any hugs. People hug you. The pastors hug you. Other people hug you because they love you. Because God has poured out his love on them through Jesus Christ. And so you get hugs. <laughs> right? This is a harvest psalm. It's in glory is the harvest. It says in verse 9 that glory may dwell in our land. Well, what am I talking about when I'm talking about prayers, hugs, rebukes, hospitality? I'm talking about glory. Maybe you're looking for a light show, but there's glory all around you every day. Every time you meet in this place, you see God's glory. You see it in one another. Everyone has probably colored a picture of a cornucopia in elementary school. I've never seen an actual cornucopia on an actual table, I don't think. But the whole point of a cornucopia is it means, what? Overflowing blessing. A picture of a cornucopia, everything is spilling out of it. It can't be contained. You're not looking inside the cornucopia for that one cranberry that's in there. No, it's, it's all over the table. So, verses 10 and 11, I'm going to read on. This is, think cornucopia, right? Think an overabundance of things that God is doing and giving to you. Loving kindness and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth springs from the earth and righteousness looks down from heaven. Loving kindness, the loving kindness of God to you, the loving kindness you've received from one another. Truth, the truth you've heard from one another's lips in response to what Christ has done the kindnesses that have been shown you, the righteousness that God has trained you in as you've come to church, 
and the peace. Imperfect, all of it, because you're a messy group of people. I mean, I speak as someone who knows you. I'm pretty messy myself. We're all messy, but these things are real. They're here because God's Spirit lives in us. And we have to be grateful for them. I hope you can see that. Truth springs from the earth, verse 11, and righteousness looks down from heaven. Indeed, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its produce. Well, so he finally talks about actual crops. Tomorrow you get to enjoy a lot of them. Um, wheat, corn, soybeans. None of you maybe will have to endure tofu at your Thanksgiving. But if you do remember, we grow that in Indiana. Uh, pigs, turkeys, we, we raise those here too. And they get to your Thanksgiving table, I hope. All of those things exist, why? Because God gave a blessing from heaven and caused seeds to grow and little animals to grow that might have died. The love that you enjoy from God and from one another would be enough to get you through a famine. It's done that for a lot of our poor brothers and sisters. Tomorrow, I guess it will do that for a lot of them in other countries. There's no famine here, though. We even have pie. Pie is not exactly necessary for human existence, but it's a pretty nice blessing from God, right? Um, So God has brought up all of these good things out of the ground for you to enjoy. And you need to put these in your heart. Put these people in your heart. What's the harvest of God? What's the harvest of God? What's the crop that God has grown? Well, it's you. You're a planting of the Lord. You're you're looking around you at people who used to be dead, and now they're alive in Christ. We can't afford to take each other for granted. So no matter what kind of a thanksgiving you're heading into tomorrow, and how much you're looking forward to it or not, take this with you, the glory of God. Put it in your heart. Let your heart overflow with it. This takes a little faith. What should we do about that right now? Well, in a minute, you'll have a chance to say things that you're thankful for. And then we can sing to God about it. And then we can eat pie. Let's pray. Father, we give praise and glory to you because you alone have brought all the good things that we enjoy You have brought us salvation and the forgiveness of our sins in Jesus Christ. And you have brought us one another because you have put your spirit in us so that we could be a display of your glory in our land. And we pray that you would help us to see that and to be glad in it. And we pray that you would bless us in that way tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.